Welcome to Burning for Marriage Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Burning for Marriage Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Christina. And we're the sages. Welcome to the Burning for Marriage Podcast. I'm Christina. And I'm Ryan. And we are the sages. And today, what are we talking about, babe? We are talking about the 90-day reset. So in our last episode where we got to talk about our story and to give you guys a little better background about us, uh, we have walked through and are currently walking through, we mentioned the 90-day reset that we took a part of that was very pivotal in uh, the steps to recovery in our marriage and with me and my addiction. As a little disclaimer before we jump in, you can easily switch this out based on the if you're battling with an addiction. Maybe you just want a reset in your marriage with some boundaries, um, something, a way for you and your spouse to communicate. Just be on the same page and try it for 90 days. It doesn't just have to be with a porn addiction. That is just what we tackled it with because obviously that is what one of our demons we were trying to slay. So just wanted to clarify that before we jump in. So this is where we started from square one. We both came to agreement that we wanted to try something. We wanted to lay down a new foundation. And this is where we landed and started. So what the heck do you do? Ryan, what did we do? You know, so the first thing was we just had to have full, complete transparency. Everything had to be out on the table. Yeah. So, you know, the first day was one of the hardest because this had to be you had to shine a light in things on things that you might have not, sh- we did not, I did not shine a light on for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. So we had to talk about all the secrets that, you know, I had, that I kept, that everything had to be out. So we had to talk about everything regarding the pornography, regarding for us in that situation, our finances yeah. and everything. And we just had to know there couldn't be any, there couldn't be anything that she didn't know about. There couldn't be yeah. anything that w- was still hidden from one another. And I will field. say, guys, it was really hard. It wasn't like the first conversation. He completely told me everything. Mm-hmm. I would say allow time. When you're when you're unveiling so many lies, it's so even for, for Ryan, it was so hard. He, I could tell he was not intentionally trying to hold back anymore. Yeah. But he was so used to holding back yeah. that he could not decipher from what he what happened and what didn't happen. Well, and Everything was like a blur of a lie for him. Yeah, well, because speaking from my side of that is um, when I was constantly lying about these things and there was a part of it that I think uh, subconsciously, I just mm-hmm. tried to block these things out Yeah. and just completely forget about them. And it wasn't like I was intentionally trying to withhold these things yep. anymore yep. when we talked about it. But it was for so long, I almost tried to make myself forget and yeah. just not think because guess what? I thought that would make lying easier Yeah. because it's like, well, if I just can't even remember it, then, you know, I'm not, you know, lying if I say I don't know about it. Yeah. So when we decided that we were, you know, going to do this, be fully transparent, I actually was the one who found the 90-day reset. Actually, as we were listening to this, I realized we didn't say where 
and how we found the 90-day reset. Pastor Craig Grushall, I think I'm saying his name right, and Michael Todd both talked pretty heavily. They have sermons, um, also a ton of different resources that are available that we read, and that is where I kind of pulled all this from. Okay, back to the episode. But we, when Ryan was being fully transparent, coming clean, talking about everything, this did not just happen in one setting. Mm -hmm. We actually spent days, days where we... Where I would, you know, we I would just ask him questions or he would just share stuff or I would ask him a little bit more detail about things. And yeah. guys, I asked him everything. I, I was someone who needed to know all the details. And I know that some women are like, no, I don't need to know that. I wanted to know everything because I wanted to know that that couldn't hit me one day on a Tuesday. And I was, I felt blindsided by that. I wanted to know that everything was laid out. And it was really painful to go through all of that, but I'm so grateful that I have because I know that I've released it and I know it, you know? Yeah. And and in those moments, uh, you know, for any uh, men that might be uh, having thoughts about, you know, disclosing that information is just to, you know, in that moment, being transparent and honest is the most important. And if if your wife, if your partner is asking for that information, in that moment, you like owe it to them that you... Like, mm-hmm. answer those questions because, like, that's what you've done. If they're looking for that information to help them uh, comprehend and understand everything, it might not make sense to you yeah. why they and want it's... to know. But you, mm-hmm. like, it's it's better for you to just answer them if those are questions that they are yeah. looking for. And one of the reasons why Ryan used to withhold telling me things is he did not want to hurt me mm-hmm. or he felt like I wouldn't – he wouldn't know how I would handle a situation. And yeah. That frustrated me, guys, because it is not as a man or a woman, whoever's withholding the information is not your, you don't have the power to determine what someone can and cannot handle. And in addition, like that's still, that's still lying. And then, then going back and telling them later when it does come up, because everything comes to the surface, everything is brought to the light that only does more damage. So being fully transparent, it took a couple days, guys, and I think it really took like a solid week, two it, weeks to yeah, really get it, it, everything it took, uh, everything yeah. out. And I wrote down, just as a tip, I wrote down what he said. Um, just because, because as you will talk about the weeks of what this 90-day reset looks like, um, I used my notes of what he said as just references. Oh, just references. And also if he needed to add something to that, I would add it to it. And I still... I still have those notes. It looks like a crazy thing, but mm-hmm. it worked because I could say, well, on March 17th or whatever date it was, you said this. Was this entirely true? Was this partially true? And it also showed him evidence of, yeah, I was withholding. That wasn't all the truth. Here's all the truth. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, fully transparent. We did that before we officially started. Mm-hmm. So then what does the 90-day reset look like? It is 12 weeks, 3 months, 90 days, no pornography, and setting up these boundaries that you set, non-negotiables that you set with your partner. So some of our non-negotiables, do you want to kind of go over what those were? Yeah, so we'll just briefly, um, because we wanted to, we find these important enough that we, later we want to discuss entirely about these five yeah. non-negotiables in our marriage. But just in going over them, we just, you know, I said finances together involving our budget, that this was going to be 
a something we do together. It doesn't matter if we like numbers, discussing it, planning yep, it. Yep. We, this had to be something we did together. Nothing could be withheld from each other in this. Um, obviously, no porn and kind of like just the withholding from the addiction. Um, this is just kind of a, obviously this was the uh, main focus is like we wanted to do these things to not only be transparent for our marriage, but what is going to uh, rid this, um, you know, demon, so to speak, from our marriage. Uh, but number two was praying together twice a day as a bare minimum. Um, but we did with the first couple of weeks. There was, and, there was a lot. So twice a day, just a bare minimum. So we yeah. have that that touch, that time, that intentional time with God. Yeah. And then so uh, number three is uh, full transparency, not only from um, starting like when we discussed everything, but this is also just how are you feeling each day? Yep. How are you, you know, emotionally feeling? Even if that means like, hey, I'm I'm feeling like crap today about this. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not handling today well. Just to know that it's like, you know, because you don't want to go off into it and thinking like, oh yeah, no, today's feeling great. Like and checking in emotionally is so key during this time too, because you'll see that there's so many one. Ryan never shared his emotions with me. No. And that was because of the wiring of his brain with the addiction. And so this kind of just shows and teaches a new habit of how we are going to voice what we're feeling. We're going to talk about what we're feeling at this time. So Yeah. Uh, so number four, we have uh, surrendering to God, uh, submitting to God and to each other. So in a way of you are dying to yourself because when you get married and you um, are – forming this covenant not only with your with your spouse and your partner but as well as god that god's just as much of a part of it and so and as well as uh number five is finding people who are rooting for us in our marriage and this is you know where we have our you know three people that we decided to you know share everything openly with because in the beginning stages like you know we, we sit here and we're talking about this now but we could have not yeah done no, something no, like no. this during those first 90 days. So during that time, th that is a very critical, sensitive time that you are telling people that are safe, that are uh, that are walking along the same faith journey as you, yep. that are going to be supportive. Speaking life into you. And speaking into life you. into you. And, so, and also the thing was, it's super easy to find people that will tear your partner down in yep. this. And I needed to find people that were going to speak biblical wisdom into me and not only speak it into me, but also speak it into my marriage and also speak it into Ryan and how um, I saw Ryan in the season. And so we both really prayed on who we were going to tell. Yeah. And we were very, very, very thoughtful with those people. They um, So in this process, it, they encourage you to find an accountability partner, a friend, and then like a mentor. Mm -hmm. And so that's, we each had those three people in our lives and we took the time and this was like, this was so hard to do at this point yeah. where now if someone asked me, I'd be like, Oh girl, let's yeah. What do you want to know? Like, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'll be a, I'll just be an open whatever. But back then it was so hard. I remember we were, we felt, felt physically ill to tell yeah, people to, to, yeah. to talk about it. And especially, you know, um, just how it would, we thought this would impact, you know, our, you know, all the time situations with them, like going forward, like, oh, that that's just how they're going to view us and us define closer. us. And, yeah. and if anything, it just really brought us together. But so our non-negotiables were set and now it was time to attack the culprit. And that was the addiction. Just starting this actual fight against it. Because before any of these times that 
uh, it came to light about me struggling with this, I never really fought it. I never really did enough things necessary to really, um, you know, set boundaries in place for myself that I needed because I always treated it like it was just a choice. I, mm-hmm. you know, could stop when I needed to. Yeah. And, you know, it became much more prevalent and clear that um, I needed boundaries. Uh, yeah. That I couldn't, I was definitely not in states or mental states to trust myself uh, with no boundaries set. Yeah. So what we did is I did a lot of research, guys. I read a lot of books that packed the year prior. And so we found a couple different resources, which I can link them. I can't, I think it's one of them's called like block aid or, um, yeah, there's a couple different websites that we use to like set boundaries on our laptops and, um, our equipment here at home. But we also went the next, the, the next mile and, Ryan, we kind of like, I don't know what the term is, but Ryan can't, doesn't have apps on his phone. He yeah. only has the basics in Pokemon well, Go. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we, we sat down and we discussed what, um, you know, things like for, that I would need for work, things yep. that, you know, applications and things on the phone that still needed to be used, but we kind of discussed, well, what things might uh, be gateways towards temptation. Yep. That. So, so there's we wanted no, to make sure there's yep. no browsers that well, browsers, there's no yep. um things like that then as well as because since gambling was in the mix as well mm-hmm. we uh because you're able to uh just for those who may not know that you're able to remove the app store yep removed the app store we removed um he can only see things on his phone that are like pg mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different content filtering that i put on his phone with that's all encrypted with a password and then on top of that we did some, you know, obviously we did like Wi-Fi blocking and everything like that, but we also changed passwords to our finances. So yeah. for a time period as we were rebuilding our trust in rebuilding during this uh, this 90 days, he had no access to our finance stuff. Though we sat together and we did our budget together and we had budget meetings, yeah. he couldn't physically go in and switch out money. We had to talk about it first before we you know, obviously he had access to the money, but we, we just made a means to communicate and he needed to come to me to sit down with me and talk to me before we yeah, made that and, decision. And, and we knew this was, this was not, cause we were focused on this 90 day goal for us. This was not anything intended for long term that, Oh, it would be, you know, locked out of access. And yeah. a lot of these things, it was just that we knew that this was needed in this time of rebuilding trust yeah. of, um, really attacking this addiction and because you know you when you're attacking an addiction you cannot leave any room for yeah. things that might be a temptation yeah because temptation's always creeping and crouching at your door you you go all in for this and if someone is someone with the addiction is saying like oh I won't need that I'm strong enough they're not they're not yeah. there is no there is no no way that they are because in even if they are and they have the strong will why would you want that temptation? Yeah. Well, you know? in, in, in Why those would moments, you let that in? You, you might be thinking that, yes, I'm strong enough, but what if that's the only way you could? Yeah. If, let's say, all other options were out of the door, but you remembered that there was this one way you could, Yeah. are you going to be able to resist that temptation? And I think, one, that kind of shows how strong an addiction is at times because if you can't fight that urge and that thought, that really shows that, you know, hey, this is really something that we need to 
um, cut out then. So that, so that was just very pivotal. That was something that we agreed on that we sat with because at that time this was like a, you know, if we're not willing, if I wasn't willing to, you know, agree and commit to these things, yeah. then that was more of a statement of where we were in our marriage because yeah. it was like if we yeah. wanted to so, continue growing in this, that this is what we felt like we yep, needed we to do. We definitely sat down and we talked about what were the, we were going to do this route together mm-hmm. all in or we weren't going to yeah. because and that was kind of like a boundary for me where I was like I'm willing to walk this with you but these these boundaries need to be met the 90 days like I said 12 weeks three months 90 days people checked in with us each week in addition to that we during this time need we weren't just sitting ducks we needed to completely feed our spirits with God's word. And so in this time we were, like I said, praying together. I was doing a lot of journaling because I found that I needed to journal. Otherwise I would just yell at her. <laughs> whatever was going through my mind. I w- it would just be right in Ryan's face and I would just freak mm-hmm. out sometimes, which understandable, but I wanted to make sure that I was coming from a place where I knew that his emotions were all over the place, which we should probably talk about why they were all over the place. What does your body do? What was your body doing during that three, um, yeah. those three so <clears throat> when you're in the first week, of uh, specifically with, you know, the 90 day reset, the, the 90 day reset of, um, uh, not having pornography in the midst, uh, you know, there's, uh, dopamine, We'll take like a nosedive in terms of things that you were using to kind of feed that to give yourself that release dopamine. Like that's going to take a dive. You're going to have probably dramatic mood swings um, and, you know, anxiety and possibly headaches is something that other people kind of went through. Uh, But just definitely feeling mood swings in a way because you might not be – aware of how much that kind of impacted your mood yeah of how much that it was kind of like your day might have not felt normal until you had that feeling and ryan's normal used to be that he was always very like on edge like he he almost like you were always like about to blow but you never did he was it was always that that was his normal and so during this time um that was it was very, very sensitive during that time. But also, like, I was also very sensitive because just as much as the person with the addictions going through this, the person who's healing is also going through this, right, in right. their own way. And um, as well as in the first week, you might be hypersensitive to lustful thoughts. Yeah. Because so you, without having um, pornography that you would normally feed it with, your brain is still used to getting some kind of uh, release from mm-hmm. those thoughts and actions. And so like, so I know for me, this was during a transparent time where, you know, if I was battling with that during the day, I would talk to, I would mention it to Christina just so she was along with me in that, that journey in battle, just to know that like, um, that she knew that this was, these were things I was experiencing because, you know, I didn't want to hide anything that I was feeling or, you know, dealing with during this time Um, because it is real things that you will feel as you try to take time away from this. Yeah, and if you don't, if you're not transparent about it, you don't know what to stand against. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know what to armor up about. You don't know what to ask God to help you take on that sword and swipe it away, right? So we needed that, and it was hard, guys. It was very hard, especially the first couple weeks as 
you're filled with bitterness as the I had to be honest, I was filled with a lot of bitter bitterness and I did not want that to be I did not want to be harboring resentment. So I had to be honest about all of my feelings. I had to share with him when I was feeling rage when I was feeling anger. I don't want you guys to think that it was just this easy day and I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, God is great. Yes, God is great. But I also was very upset and hurt and felt betrayed by by Ryan. And so I needed to vocalize that to him in a way that was safe. It wasn't toxic, but a way that I could just speak and him to be able to just receive it, really receive it for the first time. Because all those times before he would just stuff it and try to forget it where this time he was hearing me and then also processing what I was telling him how he hurt me um, way differently than I've ever seen him process anything before so it was hard because at the end of the day I loved him right and I love him so Um, week one and three one through three uh, what that typically is is motivation and energy plummets potentially little to no sexual urges um, especially in marriage. And I also will say that during this time, like I was so hurt that we decided that we were not going to have any, um, intimacy Intimacy, for three weeks. Yeah. And that was just, that was just what we did. Yeah. That that, that was a standard boundary for us just because we knew that as, uh, Christina was still in this feeling of uh, healing and, um, you know, and as I was trying, we didn't want, uh, that to be any sort of coping thing for me as well. Yeah. That, you know, we didn't want it to be like, oh, I was just going to replace uh, thoughts of pornography or lustful thoughts with just using um, sex with my wife as some type of filler because that's not yes. what it's meant for. So yeah. we didn't want to uh, even risk any kind of uh, purpose of that towards it. And we had full intentions that if we communicated then again at week three and we didn't feel like it was time that we would extend it. So there was wiggle room there, but ultimately like Ryan was very, very, he submitted to the fact that I needed time to heal. And so did he, and we, we needed to do that outside of intimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, So week four through eight, uh, yeah, and week four through eight, you will probably experience a uh, roller coaster of emotions. Absolutely. Uh, because you still are, you know, finding a type, a new balance of what mm-hmm. you're feeling without pornography in the midst of it. Of, uh, you know, you're going to have bur- bursts of energy, you know, where you, you know, are feeling great. Maybe you're having good days of feeling like, yes, like I'm feeling more free from yeah, it. Yeah, which you definitely have. Yeah. yeah. But then you also have days yeah. of sluggishness yeah. and depression and, or even just, Maybe not anything like critical or sometimes it may have not even been anything that happened, but it's somewhat your body as, you know, as well as your brain, just kind of chemically like rechanging how it takes in the day because, you know, let's say if I, you know, used to have tough days, you knew that addiction was there for you Mm -hmm. if you felt like you needed it because it gets to that point. And so this was kind of rewiring in a way. And um, yeah, and you'll have times that, you know, like now we, you may have sudden bursts of temptation. This is why Christina and I set up a lot of the boundaries to yeah. remove those. Yeah. Because when we were looking at this and considered this, we didn't want there to be any opportunities if there was sudden bursts of temptations or things that I might be feeling that I didn't have anything in front of me that gave me an opportunity. Thinking about like temptations as well, even like for me, 
it was triggering to me for him to be home alone when I was, you know, out and about doing things or going to work, whatever it is. Right. We came home at different times. Um, so you made sure to really armor up and like go and do things that were that were outside of the home. Mm -hmm. So you would either go get groceries for us. You would go on a walk. You would do a couple different things that like you had activities that you would do. Yeah. Go hang out with those people, those three accountability partners, whatever. Yeah, and, and, and during this time, uh, especially with, you know, Christina having battling, you know, uh, times of uh, and feelings of anxiety before, and even more so in these moments, um, something that was really pivotal was I would create lists for her yeah. of, you know, like oh, this, yes. is, this yes. is the plan of what I'm going to do when I get home. Like, and I, it would just be a list of like, I'm going to, um, you know, return cans. I'm going to, yep. uh, clean up this, I these forgot parts of that the house. you used to do that. Yep. And I would do that because like it gave her a sense of ease because yes. she knew that these are the things he's doing. Like, you know, it wasn't like she had to worry like, oh, I don't know what he's doing. He's not texting yep. me. And because like, look, like at that time it's, you know, there is no trust Yeah. It, because like I had like fractured all of it. So I'm in, you may think like, oh, like, man, to put a list together every day, it's like, but that is what I was willing to do yeah. to rebuild that trust because that's what was needed in that moment and in that time. Yeah. And it was so good. Like, even if I wasn't responding because I was obviously at work, he would make sure to keep me updated. And it was, it was so, it was such a relief to just have that communication, even if I wasn't the one like asking for that communication. So I forgot that you did that. That was like, that was so, especially those first couple of weeks. I remember yeah. that was, that gave me moments of peace in yeah. all of the chaos. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and as well as, you know, creating a list, um, why some might not like it is because it creates accountability. Yeah, because that's true. when I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this in the house. I'm gonna do yep. this." If she got our house, home, never looked better. <laughs> yeah, um, when she would get home, those are all attainable things that she could see. Did I actually do those things? Yeah, or did I not? And then, if not, but so it was just to make sure that like I was keeping myself accountable that these are the things I'm gonna do. Yeah, and you will be able to notice them when you get home, just so that I'm not, you know, yeah, causing concern in that time. The other thing um, we really did during this season, during these ninety days, is we were feeding our spirits. Amen. Uh, we needed it. We needed people pouring into us, and we found that just Sunday wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. So we changed a lot of things. It's never been enough. It's never been enough. Uh, we changed a lot of things about our days. We were not. We were no longer watching TV shows, and that was a boundary for us, guys. We weren't watching Netflix shows together. We weren't yeah. watching Hulu shows together anymore. What we were doing is we were watching Michael Todd. <laughs> yeah. We were watching Life Church. We were watching Transformation Church, we and we. Gotta, yeah. Yep. And we were watching these churches and these people that have actually walked through a pornography mm -hmm. addiction, and that we could really just armor up and feed our spirits. Mm. And one of, the, one of the other pivotal ones that we did as a daily talking about it is shout out to the, um, the Porn Addict's Wife podcast. Oh, yes. So we, we started listening to this podcast and it was, um, and you can feel free to go check out uh, amazing. her podcast. And amazing, yeah. It gave us something that we listened to, so many of them, and we would talk to each other about them. Yeah. 
about another what we, accountability piece. Yeah, yes. of what we would uh, think from it, because sometimes it would have different interpretations. Like one that would help me understand a lot more of what Christina was feeling. Yeah, or even her sometimes of you know hearing it from someone else of a lens of what I might be feeling or going through. Yeah, and so that was just really pivotal for us. So we kind of replacing um, and placing those podcasts, those sermons, um, yep. those teachings into our daily routine to not only one, because that was a lot of our discussion. And I think because at that time, you know, God and and those topics needed to be what we talked about because we didn't want to just pretend and just kind of be like, oh, how was your day? It was like, no, like, let's... It was peaches. No, freaking sucked, dude. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, and so it was just, it it was just really, really good for us at that time. And also in that season, as we were feeding our spirits with... The podcast, that podcast, I'm so glad you mentioned that. That podcast was monumental. Like, we yeah. loved that really. You still listen to it. Oh, I still listen to it every morning. I love, shout out, shout out to the Porn Addict's wife. Love that podcast. But yeah, we also found that in this season, as we were pouring into our spirits, that we were shedding a lot of things. One of the big things was culture and society's marriage. Yes. And we were picking up a godly marriage in this time. Yeah. And we started to shed things that that we weren't we were no longer craving anymore we weren't craving watching real housewives together anymore we weren't craving. brian used to we used to watch real housewives together yeah no we forgive us um we were craving more of that time together and just building into our marriage and even the stuff that we were listening to that was triggering because we were like oh this just doesn't sit right anymore and we love our music okay don't get me wrong but even that was starting but to shift. Y- you could just hear because, and not all secular music is that way, mm-hmm. but there was definitely some that you kind of don't realize like when there's explicit songs, mm-hmm. um, you know, how are those lyrics, like you don't think of Priming. it. And when yeah. you, if people were to say it, you'd be like, oh, like that doesn't make me think that way. But it's like, try removing them for a while. Yeah. You know, how do you think differently? And it's, then when you go back to listen to them, it hits uh, just different. some of the things that they mm-hmm. mentioned so casually and repetitively. That and things that you, you used to sing, like even for me, like there was, there was even with music and things I used to watch, guys. Like I had to, compl- as, as Ryan's brain was resetting, rewiring, so was mine because I have to look through it in a different lens. Mm-hmm. And who am I to, you know, walk this with him and then be like, all right, you got to stay out of the room for 20 minutes because I'm going to watch this show. Right. No, I don't I don't need to be feeding my spirit with that because if it's going to if that would tempt him, it's going to tempt me. And we don't need that in our marriage. Mm-hmm. So we've been watching a lot of Disney Plus. The turning point and Ryan kind of mentioned this in our testimony, but the turning point was week eight. That was kind of the make or break. And on week eight, Ryan actually lost his father. Yeah. And it was a really, really kind of like make it or break it, obviously. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It sucked. It um, sucked. Yeah, go ahead. It was it was definitely hard. And not only because obviously losing my dad was emotionally hard for me and my family, yeah. but as well as like when looking back at it at the timeline now, because, um, you know, Christina and I had seen like, you know, strides in our marriage and what we were working through and as trust was being rebuilt. And that was so close to the edge of the 90 days that looking at it now, like that really was, I think, the devil's last like push against, mm-hmm. you know, how, how am I going to respond to it? How am I yeah. going to respond to our marriage? Because, you know, a lot of people would, let's say if I would have 
emotionally and poorly reacted to the passing of my father, a lot of people in society would be like, that's understandable. You just lost your father, which is true. But it doesn't give permission and it doesn't give some kind of hall pass to, um, you know, to relapse in any way, to suddenly uh, treat and act and, you know, not treat others with consideration mm-hmm. and um, and everything that Christina and I had been working towards. It didn't just mean that all of that didn't matter. Yeah. Especially because, if anything, it gave me something to think that, what would my dad want me to do? Yeah. Thinking in that moment, like, working towards my marriage, would he want me to think that him passing would be some kind of justification yeah. for tarnishing everything that we had been working towards? Absolutely yeah. not. So it was kind of that succeeding through that, I think, was then almost the getting to that 90 days being like, mm -hmm. I think, kind of like, if I can get through this while we're navigating this, then we were were in a good place. And I know, like, if you guys choose to do the 90 days, Satan is going to come for you. That's spiritual spiritual warfare will be a thing, and you need to you need to be armoring up. You need to be feeding your spirits. You need to be tuning into podcasts. You need to be watching sermons. You need to be listening to worship music, and you need to do it all in together because he will come in anyway. He'll come for the wife. He'll come for the husband. Come for both of you. Um, and most of the time, it's not when you're sitting at the din- dinner table together. Mm-hmm. It's when one of you is home alone, you got your headphones in, you're feeling insecure, whatever. He'll yeah. come for you. And so you just need you need to set yourself up for success. And how you do that is you're feeding your spirit. You're doing these, these full transparency. You're surrendering it to God. And you're making sure that you're following week by week and encouraging each other and just mm-hmm. standing together in this. And, and, and I think, too, when... You know, you're feeding yourself with these things. You don't have to have a mindset that this is all you can intake. Mm-hmm. But it's important that you are being um, dedicated about it. Yeah. Because, you know, for me, I've, I'm someone who, you know, I've always really enjoyed my secular music. I've always enjoyed a lot of those things. Yeah. And it didn't mean that I couldn't listen to those things ever. Yeah. It just meant, you know, something that Christine and I still to this day ask each other is, what did we fuel ourselves with Yeah, today? what did you feed your spirit what with? What did you feed your spirit with? And so it's that if you might be feeling a little off or a little down, that might be a question to ask yourself. That it's like, yeah, you know, reset. Are, yep. are you, you know, did you spend some time with God today? Did you, whether if it's have a conversation, did you pray with him? Mm-hmm. Did you, you know, maybe listen to, because like for me maybe at write work, down your I, can listen, I can listen to music. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, did I listen to any um, Christian music and just, you know, just praise God in this day yeah. uh, and listening to sermons. And, and like I said, it doesn't mean that you have to do that every single moment that you possibly can when you're free, but I there is that dedication that you have to be dedicated to doing it every day, mm-hmm. especially for the 90 days. It would eventually, I think, like, it just has become, like, habit for us now. Yeah, where because that's we just, were doing it Yeah, because, because that's just a part yeah. of what we are doing, but... Yeah. Definitely and for that time period. Yeah, you shed the bad habits and you pick up some good ones in the in the time. So, yeah, that that is kind of the gist of what the ninety day reset is. We yeah. we found that when we got past like week nine, the weeks we started losing track of the weeks, and we yeah. had to be like, "This is week ten, right?" And yeah. and now future Christina. Now we're at thirty nine weeks, ladies and gentlemen. Thirty nine weeks of no pornography. 
in our marriage and Ryan is walking in freedom. I'm walking in freedom. And it all started with the 90 day reset. If you can get through 90 days, 12 weeks, you can make it to 39 weeks. We're, sh- we're hooraying and hallelujahing hallelujah-ing <laughs> for 92 weeks and mm-hmm. 120 weeks. We know it's coming in the name of the Lord. Yeah. We're, and we that's why we're speaking life about it. That's why we're bringing it to the light because we know that we were just an ordinary couple that was chasing perfectionism, that was chasing keeping these, uh, keeping sins in the darkness. And yeah. really Satan was just trying to maximize on that. And we decided to just, cut the head off, Mm -hmm. and just surrender it ultimately to God. So we know that if we can do this, baby, you can do it. Thanks for listening to our 90-day reset episode. Uh, Next week, we are going to be talking about the five non-negotiables in our marriage. And so stay tuned for that. We'll be dropping next week on Wednesday. And make sure to go hit up our Facebook page, Burning for Marriage, uh, where we post daily content, little drips about our page, uh, statistics you might want to know, as well as just uh, links to our episode releases. So make sure to go check that out. Go share it with your friends. And thanks for listening. Sage Crew out. <laughs>